It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Monday morning. Today is the second week of Advent. This is Monday, December the 5th, and it's the 54th episode of the second season of the Stacy and Stacy podcast, where we focus each morning at eight o'clock on scripture and tradition and how to apply it to our grace and grit filled real lives. Oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I am broadcasting from all the way up in Seattle. Isn't it Ooh. nice how Stacy and I just have a chat from opposite <laughs> ends of the United States of America? That's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. And is it snowing there? It is. I walked to mass this morning in the snow. Oh, <laughs> I hope you're taking lots of fun. Pictures. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. All right. So, okay, here we are on Monday. And in the catechism today, we are covering paragraphs 153 through 155 on the characteristics of faith and how faith is a grace. We talked about faith last week. And today we're going to talk, we're going to kind of repeat some of the lessons I said last week about how it's reasonable to believe in the testimony of someone you trust and all the more, the most reasonable to believe in the testimony of God himself. So um, the catechism actually backs that up. I jumped a little ahead when I said that, but I love this teaching because as someone who didn't have any faith when I became Catholic or when I started becoming Catholic, um, th this made a lot of sense to me. I'd never really thought about what it means to believe or have faith. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, All right. I'm excited to hear what you have to say there. Let's go ahead. You know, I've got a, a beautiful Advent prayer this uh, morning that my sister-in-law actually sent my husband. So I oh. want to share that with everyone. So I'm excited about this. Oh, good. All right. Here we go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do, help us seek quiet places to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy and peace of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Mother Mary, please pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love that prayer. Thank you for finding a new one. Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Shout out to Sharon. She's my sister. Shout out to Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So grab your tea, your coffee, your bottled water, get mm -hmm. your Bible and spend some time with the Lord today. So today we're going to be reading in the gospel, the gospel reading uh, in the book of Luke chapter five. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought 
on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, as for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God, and struck with all they said, we have seen incredible things today. All right, what a wonderful story. This story is very dear to me, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to say that this account is in both the book of Luke and Mark. So there are a few little differences. Um, according to the book of Mark, Jesus was teaching in Capernaum. And he had drawn such a large crowd that no one could get close to him. The building he was teaching in was completely sold out. It was packed. It was full. And there were four men, again, according to Mark's account, who had a friend who was paralyzed. And they had brought him on a stretcher to see Jesus. Now, first off, <laughs> what great friends. Some of us are blessed to find one good friend in life. I've had friends that have they've come and gone, some fair weathered friends and some were what I call seasonal friends. I think God brings people in and out of our lives in different seasons, but only one or two friends that were true friends throughout my life. And I think that's why I'm so thankful that God brought you, Stacy, back into my life after 40 years. I feel like I've been on a road, uh, on a journey. Um, mm -hmm. Looking back over my life, I can see that this journey started much farther back than than just, you know, coming into yeah. the Catholic Church. God's been wooing me. The Holy Spirit's been wooing me and, and leading me this direction for a long time. But not only to the Catholic Church, but I think also to our friendship and, and yeah. also to finding my husband. I mean, he's mm -hmm. truly a godsend. But anyway, I've learned that and he's a good friend. <laughs> But and I'm you know, Pat, Pat and I would totally put you on a stretcher and lower you down to Jesus <laughs> if, if we were in this situation. I know you would. I, I could mean, don't drop you. her. Don't I drop could. her. And, and I would do the same for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've, I've learned, though, that true friends are hard to come by. I, I mean, know. it's hard. And. When we find a good friend, we have to be grateful for that friend um, and be a good friend back. Don't take them for granted. Pray for them every day. Mm -hmm. These guys were fervent friends who didn't let a little crowd stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. Yeah. They knew that if they could just get in front of him. And that reminds me of another story in the Bible. In the book of Mark, in chapter five, there was this large crowd following Jesus and they're pressing in on him. I mean, he's being pressed in on every side. And there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages. She'd been bleeding yeah. for like 12 years. Yeah. 
and she'd heard about Jesus and she had faith and she came up behind him in the crowd and she fought her way through the crowd just so she could touch his cloak because she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be made well. And she did. She fought through that crowd. She was able to reach out and just touch the hem of his robe. I can see her just sticking her hand in between, uh, you know, someone's waist and someone's hip and just fighting her hand in there just to touch him. And she was healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, these four guys, five counting the one on the stretcher, couldn't get through the crowd. So they climbed on the roof, pulled him up on the roof on a stretcher. And I'm sure that was quite the challenge. Busted a hole in the roof, lowered him down through the hole. If just one of those guys had second guessed what they were doing. I mean, they had to work together to do this. If just one of them said, dude, let's just check his schedule and try to be the first one in line next time. We'll try to grab a front row seat next time, I promise. He's just too heavy to lift up on that roof. What if we, you know, fall through the roof? We're going to have to pay for the damages to that roof. (laughs) We're going to fall on Jesus. We're going to fall on Jesus. Yes, we could hurt Jesus. (laughs) I mean, just one of them could have had a doubt and that wouldn't have happened. Uh But they'd worked together. They worked in unity. And I can just think of Jesus calmly wrapping up his point, you know, wrapping up his thoughts because he knows that this guy is about to come down through the roof. Right. <laughs> everyone's eyes, can you imagine? They, their eyes must have gotten so big because if anyone was falling asleep, you know, they, they woke up then. Uh-huh. But, but Jesus said to them, when he saw their faith, he said, as for you, your sins are forgiven. Okay. Now this is where the scribes and Pharisees gasp yeah. because only God himself can forgive sins, right? I mean, they're thinking, who is this guy? Only God can forgive sins. And they're right. Where they were wrong is they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't realize that Jesus was God the Son and that he was able to forgive sins. So Jesus, knowing this, said to them, what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. And the man did. And the leaders and all who were present that day witnessed a healing miracle. And there is so much in this teaching. There's so much in these scriptures, but we don't have time to dig all the way through it. That's why I encourage you to go back and pray and ask the Lord to open your eyes so that you can comprehend these scriptures and to speak to you. I want to talk a little bit more about his friends Mm -hmm. and why this story is so dear to me. (sighs) Jesus saw their faith. Yeah, he saw the faith of the friends, but I believe that all five of them had faith, including the guy that was on the stretcher. I mean, he had to go along with it. I mean, they said, hey, we're going to put you on the roof and lower you down. And he had to say, okay. Or because he could have said, "Uh, no, you're not. I can't catch myself if you start to drop me. But maybe he said, whatever it takes. He trusted his friends and Jesus. He he had faith in in all those people. He said, I I mean, I just I know that if you can just get me in front of him, I'll be healed. 
I have faith in Jesus to heal me, but I have faith in you guys to get yeah. me there. Exactly. And I can relate to this story and the friends here to intercessory prayer. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing when we're praying for someone. We're taking them to Jesus. And when I tell you <laughs> that I have been through it, a number of ordeals. I'm, I mean it. I have. And I can't go into all the details of this one situation, but I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you, it was a matter of life and death. It was a very, very serious situation that I had found myself in. And I have a friend who we, she's moved off. She lives in a different city. We've been, you know, parted by distance for many, many years, but we have remained good friends. But not knowing what was going on with me, not knowing the situation that I was in, um, there was one night where she spent the night at her parents' house. And when she got up to get a glass of water in the middle of the night, she found her dad on his knees in the middle of the living room praying. Now, this wasn't the first time that she had seen her dad doing this. He was a pastor. And many times she would see her dad praying. He was definitely a prayer warrior. But what was different about this night was that he was on his knees praying hard and heavy for her friend, Stacy. Oh, <laughs> and Lord. she stood there and listened to him battle for me and pray for me wow. and just bang on the door of heaven for me. And what they didn't know, he didn't know. He had no idea what was going on that that night. She had no idea. But that was the night that everything escalated. And I believe with all my heart, that intercession was what saved me in that situation. Her dad passed away. And I don't know that he will ever, that he ever knew how serious it was or the major role that he played in it. I'm sure he does now in heaven. I'm sure he knows now. But but he was just obedient to Jesus. And I will always love him dearly for that. And just Wow. just have, I've always had such a special place in my heart for him because I'm telling you, people didn't pray for me. I didn't, ha I didn't grow up in a family where we prayed. I didn't have praying friends. I didn't have people that, you know, that prayed. I didn't, it wasn't uh, something that we, that we did growing up. And so this was very, very um, special to me. Did your friend just tell you that her, her dad was praying and you're like, oh my goodness, this thing was happening to me at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So like later on after it, everything was over, she, I was telling her, actually, I was telling her what had just happened oh. and she, we figured out the night that it, that he, that she wow. was there at his house and we figured out that it was the night when everything wow. kind of came to a head. And she and I both just cried. I mean, it was oh. like, oh, my goodness. I mean, Jesus, I felt so loved that Jesus loved me so much. He woke a man up he knew he could count on. And he said, hey, my my daughter Stacy's in trouble. You need to go pray for her. Oh. <laughs> and he did. So so those four friends were taking their friend to Jesus. And that's why intercessory prayer we're taking people to Jesus when we pray for them. The good news is we don't have to drop them down through a roof, but we do have to drop to our knees. So yep. I encourage you. I, I just can't encourage you enough because that's why prayer is so important to me and why I just, I love to pray and I'm more, I'm passionate about prayer. 
But I cannot encourage you enough. If you feel led to pray for someone, don't put it off. Stop, drop and pray. (laughs) If the (laughs) Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night to pray for someone, do it. It could save their life. I do have, I have, I know a friend who was called to do that for her own daughter Mm. in the middle of the night and, and her daughter passed away in a Mm. car accident, but she had said that she was called like Mary woke her up and was consoling her at that moment. She didn't even know what was going to happen, but she was being consoled at that moment that it's okay. I've got your girl. Oh, and they got a call while she was still on her knees praying from from the um, the hospital or the police. I don't know which, but they got the call. Oh, and that mother said it, it was a grace um, that that she needed to get through the rest of that night. Oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that is and I think it's beautiful, Stacy. Like I hesitate to say this, but I'm going to say it in case anybody's wondering the situation you're talking about. Happened before you were Catholic, I think, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. So the gift of faith does not just belong to Catholics. I mean, I have learned and I honestly believe that's why I am Catholic, that Catholic Christianity is the best, purest, fullest kind of Christianity. But our Protestant brothers and sisters are still just that. And they do have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, the, the reason I have a relationship with Jesus Christ as a Catholic is because my Protestant family taught me to when I was a little girl. Yes. Um, yes. But that's, thank you for sharing that story. Amazing. And, and if you ever lower me down <laughs> to a roof, I trust you, Stacey, not to drop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get help. I'll get help. So that I, <laughs> yeah, but, I'll get back up. <laughs> yeah, but we'll but we'll be there, you know, yeah. praying or whatever. You've prayed for my kids before, for my family. Um, and I've prayed for yours, and yeah. you're much more eloquent at it <laughs> than I am. But uh that, that kind of those kind of friendships are very important. They're special. That's right. Right. Thank you. Well, for for um the catechism today. Going through it, we are on paragraphs 152 to 150, no, 153, I'm sorry, to 155. It's on page 41. The show notes below where you, where you click play on the media player, if you're in um, our website, has a link to the USCCB copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And it will open you right to the page we're on. But if you are looking up the catechism anywhere else, it's just paragraphs 153 to 155. And this section, and we're just going through the catechism, um, going through it and already on page 41. This Mm -hmm. section talks about the gift of faith. Faith is a grace. Mm -hmm. So it's saying here, the title of this section is called the characteristics of faith, what it is. And it starts out saying it is a grace and grace. Like we teach our little kids, like that was a word. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, but, but grace is Christ in your soul. You're, you're full, you're as full as you can get of grace right after you have communion, you receive communion at church because, because physically the real presence of Christ is, is in your body too. And not only in your soul, but it says here, When St. Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus declared to him that this revelation did not come, quoting, from flesh and blood, 
but quoting my father who is in heaven. That's another, also mm-hmm. one of the proof texts of the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. but it, it's not, it's faith is a gift of God, a supernatural virtue infused by him. So the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, we, we can't practice enough to merit those. Like we, we practice prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, but the theological virtues are gifts. It's a supernatural virtue infused by God. Goes on to say, before this faith can be exercised, man must have the grace of God. Turning the page to move and assist him. He must have the interior helps of the Holy Spirit who moves the heart and converts it to God, who opens the eyes of the mind and makes it easy for all to accept and believe the truth. And that is from Day Verbum and cross-referenced um, to a section in the in Denzinger, which um, well, I'm not going to get into right now how to look that up, but it is cited back um, to other documents in the Magisterium of the Catholic Church. And this is something that the church teaches. You, you need the gift of faith. And in our world today, like so many times with things like that, it's like, well, how do I get it? How much does it cost? What do I have to do? How do I earn <laughs> it? That's the thing about faith. All you have to do is ask for it. Yeah. And and I know in the hardest times of my life, um, when I felt really bad, like really, really hard thing, discord in relationships, mostly when there's really when I'm fighting with my husband, that was always the worst. Um, we, we're, we're all done with that now. We don't ever fight anymore. We disagree, but we disagree like grownups. But in the early years of our marriage, we duped it out. And those were some of the worst times because I would literally be curled up in a ball, afraid I was going to be dumped and alone in the world again, that I didn't deserve to be happy. And those were some of the worst times when I didn't even, I didn't even think of myself as having faith in those moments because I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't think I could trust anybody. And I learned in those days, in your worst, most desperate moments of despair, if you just say Jesus, like there were so many times, that's all I did. I just said his name yeah. or I just, you know, I, I just said one little prayer, Jesus, I trust in you um, or the miraculous metal prayer or just something short, just something, anything, just move your lips and say the single word Christ or Jesus or God help me or Mary, I need you say something. And, and it is so beautiful because your one little, little teeny, teeny, tiny atom of faith will turn into this huge gift right when you need it. Um, it just takes the smallest effort on our part. And of course you, you have to follow that up by living a life of faith. But I know um, even when I was struggling to become Catholic and I didn't know what it meant to have faith, there were a lot of times I literally felt, because I'm very um, material, I have to picture things, but I, I felt like I just let things go. And I know we talk about that all the time, but there were so many times I just felt like I literally just opened my hands and said, I, I give up. I let it go there. I'm just, God, I want to do your will. Give me the grace to do your will. Okay. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Give me the grace. Give me the clarity. Give me the courage. Give me what a patience, whatever, whatever it is I need. I'm all in. I'll do it just there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And like I said last week in my mad faith right now, I'm just like, God, I'm not even going to ask for anything because you're going to do what you want to do. 
<laughs> but I do just, I mean, really, what more do we need the grace to do his will? You know, yeah. and I, we are still supposed to pray and ask for certain things, but above all, that's what I pray for now. I pray for the grace to do his will. Like, I want to do your will. I want you to tell me what it is. I want you to let me know. And I want you to give me the grace to recognize it, the faith to follow it, the faith to believe and not panic. Okay. Anyway, faith is a human act, though. And I love this part, too. This is just 154. Believing is possible only by grace. So you, you can't believe without grace. If you don't have faith, you can't believe. Duh. Mm-hmm. And the interior helps of the Holy Spirit. But it is no less true that believing is an authentically human act. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't get the gift of faith if you don't want it, if you don't ask for it. God doesn't stick it in you. Right. If you don't, you know, he doesn't just like go boom. Oh, there you have faith. I just gave it to you and you didn't even ask for it. No, he's a gentleman. He gives you that gift of faith if you ask for it. So you do have to participate. It's a human act and human acts. I'm learning in my philosophy classes are always toward a good. And even, even when we do things that are going to bring us pain in the moment, we think they're going to bring us pleasure. When you eat that triple cheeseburger with bacon and jalapenos, and you're not supposed to be eating anything but broccoli (laughs) because the doctor said so in that moment, it brings you pleasure. So that's a weakness, but every human act that we do is towards a purpose of what we perceive to be good and, and to find happiness. And so what you do when you are a thinking human and when you get your, your passions under control and you're trying to practice virtue in faith, hope, and love is you ask God to help you. You ask for the grace to be strong when it's time to eat healthy, to be strong when it's time to go to bed on time, to be strong when it's time to treat other people with justice, even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have to participate in that. So trusting in God and cleaving to the truths he has revealed are contrary neither to human freedom nor to human reason. Then I just explained that even in human relations, it's not contrary to our dignity to believe what other persons tell us about themselves. I talked about that last week and their intentions or to trust their promises. Like when we get married, when mm-hmm. a man marries a woman and she says, I promise to love you till death do us part. It's reasonable for him to believe you. Like it would be dumb if he's like, uh, mm, I, I don't think I can have faith in that. You need to show me scientific evidence. <laughs> You're going to be with me till death do my part. And you know, we, we have faith in other people all the time. And so it's reasonable then to share a communion of life with one another. If this is so, still less is it contrary for our dignity to yield by faith the full submission of intellect and will to God who reveals and to share in an interior communion with him. So faith in God is the most reasonable thing we can do. Mm -hmm. Last part, 155. In faith, the human intellect and will cooperate with divine grace. And I love that because when you start studying the catechism and studying scripture and praying and doing the things that we're talking about in this podcast, you do, you do get smarter and gooder. (laughs) You do because your intellect, it's like the lights come on and that's what Mm -hmm. grace does. That's an intellectual virtue. That's like the lights come on. If you ever just 
had a thought, just like you were talking about that man who prayed for you, Stacy. Mm -hmm. We get thoughts popping into our head and we, and we figure out a solution to a problem. That literally is the light of grace coming on in your head. Your angels can help you with that. And the gift of faith can help you with that. You see things more clearly. It's, it's the truth that mm -hmm. happens to me mm -hmm. all the time when I'm, especially when I'm trying to figure out what to do with my kids. Mm. Um, so the intellect and will, and then when you have that intellect and you see the right thing to do, your will cooperates with it and you end up doing the will of God. So last part, believing in is an act of the intellect, assenting to the divine truth by command of the will moved by God through grace. So God's not going against your will. You have to say, I'm working with you here, God, yeah. but it's, it's amazing. The gift of faith. Like I never... I never understood that until I experienced it. Like atheists would tell me, how can you have faith? And and you're, they would criticize me for being a chemist and becoming Catholic. Mm. And I would just say back to them, it's like when I was a chemist, if someone who didn't know chemistry came along and stood out in the hallway and they were yelling at me through the door, telling me I didn't know what I was doing practicing chemistry. And I'm standing in there doing my experiments going, hey, if you think you know so much, come on in here and try it out. Stop standing outside the lab and telling me what it's like to be in the lab when you're when you're not even willing to come in here and try. And I say mm -hmm. that about faith, too. If you're not even willing to try to have faith yeah. as an atheist, don't criticize people who do, because we do have plenty of empirical evidence mm -hmm. <laughs> that God is working with us in our life. Yes. And when we just when we just make that effort, like you're talking about and spend time with him, I mean, you know, just like the woman at the well, when she went and told everybody and they asked Jesus to stay with them because they wanted to know for themselves. And mm -hmm. they're like, OK, we're not just going off your testimony. We ourselves have spent time with him. And now we believe that he is the savior of the world. It's, yeah. You know, when we spend time with him, he reveals himself to us and he he gives us that faith. And when we're asking for it, we're spending time with him. We're saying, Lord, I want more of you. I want to spend time with you. I want to see you. I want to hear you. He's going to answer those prayers. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. It does happen. And it, it's that alone has made me a much more patient person. I don't freak out so much now because even if I don't think I'm hearing God, I've learned to just wait. It, it'll come. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. I'm not listening enough. Maybe I need to calm my anxieties. Maybe I need to go for a walk. Maybe I need to clear my head. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and it'll come. Yeah. It'll come. Well, okay. have a good Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. I'm going to be up in Seattle all this week visiting my, my dear son, who's 27 and a grown man now. And and I think he has the flu. And so oh, I really, goodness. I really want to mama him, but his wife is doing a great job of that. So no. I'm just getting to witness it. It's amazing. And, and I'm sorry he feels bad. I'm hoping he feels better soon. Yes. Yes. Nope. Have a good Monday. I am Stacy Trisenkos. And I'm Stacy Parkinson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.